ready? Is it all good? I think so. Are you sure? Don't don't look like cousin it the whole time. I gotta stop looking that way. I can look. Ah, there we are. Yeah, we gotta remember the the, the audience is over here now. Audience is over there now. Yeah. It used to be straight ahead. Yeah. Now we got a whole different. Okay, all right. Oh, we I'll went, get used to it. We went from we went from you know Spike TV to to HBO. We did. It's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, it is. You figured there'd be like a landing spot and stars in between or something yeah, like yeah. that. Or like you know, I guess on a lower level, we went from Paramount Network. That's Paramount. That's Spike TV now. To oh, is it? Yeah, it's the same oh, thing. Okay, uh, it's I, the same thing. I don't have cable, so I'm, uh, I'm that out of the loop. What was one of those? Other, like Pax, or like the Jesus Channel? We went from like the Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Channel and Home Shopping Networks to uh, BET. There you go. I don't. I like that. One. I don't know how popular we would be on BET. Those are like two drastically different types of channels. Yeah. If channels have a genre. Yeah, two but BET is a higher production level than That's than true. the Jesus Channel. For sure. BET is basically like black MTV, right? So yeah. Yeah, that's what it was back then. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Except more videos are probably. I think they had more videos back then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch either of them. Speaking, you're actually wearing a fucking MTV I tank wearing an MTV top right tank top today. Yeah, hey, five bucks at the Walmart, man. Oh, nice. See again. We talk about it's all about price. Find a five dollar no. tank top that looks hideous. I'm in. Yeah, for that's sure. a great deal. Yeah, for sure. You don't feel I'm bad about all, it. No, like no. Spilled on or no. Up or I anticipated. I'm not. I'm gonna wear the shirt and probably going somewhere where it's it's okay to be a jackass. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree. I agree. I look like a jackass. Well, no, I, 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 I agree. That I agree good. that I look like a jackass. It's good for it's okay. that some kind of shit. I'm a professional wrestler. I'm allowed to look like a jackass. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I got you. I see what you're saying. How you can take it that way. All right. You want to go with in with that. Sure. This and with that, show. welcome to Ohio <laughs> WrestleCast number. What fucking number? Oh, we should have looked it up. We, we never do. I'm we word. we have not done an episode for a while. No, we have not. Uh, All right, I'm looking it up right now. I guess we're, if you... we're going to keep this intro. Normally, we would you know, probably reshoot it, edit out all this bullshit, and no. then just go... Episode number blah, we and we just fit right in. But no, we're gonna we're gonna look it up because we don't know. Uh, I'm guessing sixteen. That's that's. Oh, I'm on the wrong channel here. Yeah, we six, know Jeff is your favorite. Your mic board says so. Six. Six. There's an outtake for you guys to look forward to. Um, Sixteen seems high. Well, I don't know. The last two with John Thomas were the last ones we did. You're, actually, you know what? I think your 16's probably right. Let me let me look here. Well, we can go with 16, and if it's not right, we'll edit it in post. All right. Brett the Hitman Heart episode with John Thomas was episode number 16. Oh, uh, so we're 17. You thought 17. 16 was high. I did. Episode right. 17. Apparently, you're more on point than I am with this uh, shit. You know. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry it's been a while. Welcome back to How Wrestling It's been busy. 16. We filmed those two episodes with John Thomas, and it turned so, me off from podcasting forever, but we're back. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Those are a lot of fun. There's, uh, we had the one with the power outage, which was interesting, and then we had yeah, a uh, very good Bret Hart episode, and thank you, John, for coming and hanging out with us and shooting the pod. I hope you had fun. Um but yeah, man, it's been a while. Been busy, busy summer. You know how that goes. No, for sure. Uh, but I'm glad to sit back down. We got a lot to talk about. We do. This one around is basically going to be Wilbur Stories Part Two. Yeah, man. Uh, got a lot of lot of positive feedback about the Wilbur story, and that was one that I didn't really want to do. I was like, I, nobody gives a shit about that. It's but probably our most popular. I, I think so. And and talking to guys, you know, when I'm on shows, and even guys, uh, my buddy Trip Lee actually. Um, Dropped the you know, tagged the Wilbur Whitlock podcast a week or so ago. It was just oh, like, really? I'm listening to this now, and uh, you know, which is awesome. Which, uh, by the way, Triple E, good buddy of mine, I'll be wrestling him here in a couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just hearing a lot that was a lot of people's favorites, and I know if I see anybody doing a, an interview or something like that, I like to listen and, and hopefully they talk about me a little bit. <laughs> uh, which yeah. you know, we didn't really do, it was mostly my story last time, so I figure this time tell some stories, uh, you know, about some of my personal stories and then talk about some of my. Uh, opponents, friends, enemies, uh, open book over here, man. We can have a lot of fun with this, I think. I, I like it. I enjoyed the first one. so I, I enjoyed the first one as well. I enjoyed the second one. Um, cool, yeah. I guess not to get off the point of it being the most popular episode, I guess. You said, or I've noticed that our channel, the Ohio WrestleCast channel, since we left the Matt Archer Media channel, mm-hmm. um, 
you you would think that Mr. Lights Out Hughes would be a little more competitive because we the okay the the subscriber count keeps going up. Yeah, us. we're at twenty subscribers now, and we haven't put out shit for a while. We haven't done anything, for and a we while. gained quite a few subscribers in that time period. I think we're producing good content. The content we have apparently is worth isn't doesn't become irrelevant like a couple weeks later. That's you know well, mean? that is true, and, I, and that's why I don't think we talk a lot of current wrestling for that reason because you know it, it's not. I, I don't I don't really want to look back at somebody else's podcast about what happened on Monday Night Raw in February. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it doesn't matter now. It's just like I don't want to watch Monday Night Raw from, like, two weeks ago. No, weeks no, ago, it doesn't alone. matter now. It's either nostalgia or just, you know, hey, we're these are we're dudes and these are our opinions just on things. Just wrestling fans talking about wrestling. Wrestling fans talking about wrestling in general, I think, is, is a broader topic. It's either that or since it's on YouTube, people like looking at me more because I have a nicer head of hair than that, Jeff. That could be You a, have a wonderful head of hair compared to thank you, sir. all of us. So yeah, yeah the best best head of hair award to the entire I was Matt Archer my, family my goes to there, not my dad's. goes to Mark Thomas. He's got Jared and Jeff beat. But that's what I'm thinking is maybe that they watch us more on YouTube because I'm better looking and maybe Jeff gets the audio plays. I mean, I I don't have statistics or anything. There's no analytics. On I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing it. I'm going to go with it. All right. We'll all right go, we're going to go with that. Until, yeah. <laughs> I'll see Jeff uh, soon enough. We'll figure it out. Well, I'm, make sure you see him before he hears this because I don't want, I don't want to get punched. For, okay. For bad mouth. I can't guarantee that. Uh, I'll do my best. But. Yeah. Uh, but, man, yeah, been busy. Had a lot of fun doing some shows lately. Uh, lately, uh, the end of July, I... Wrestled Madman Fulton, uh, mm. TNA superstar, and also Timmy Galchek, who is not a Impact Wrestling superstar. He's an 11 year old boy with with juvenile <laughs> yeah. diabetes. Yo. But they uh, they teamed up, and they admittedly took it to me and the captain uh, Darren Davenport, who oh. Jeff Traxler runs uh, Mega Championship Wrestling out in Elyria. We teamed up to take these guys on. We thought, hey, he's gonna get his daddy to help him. I'll whoop his dad, Max Alexander. No, he found a seven foot monster that did not like he, he what we were doing. He interpreted it as bullying. I imagine that wasn't going to go well for you. I no, didn't, I no. Didn't I, I hit him with a Wilbur cutter, but I didn't get the three count. Wow. And then I ate a choke slam, which, by the way, if you ever get choke slammed by a legitimate seven-foot man, it is a long way down. I believe it. And then young Timmy Galchek jumped off of Madman Fulton's shoulders with a double knees right to my chest, mm. cracked every rib in my body, and, yeah, I was down for the three count. That, Damn, was, that was it. That was a rough um, morning. That was, a, that morning. was you know what I mean? Uh, but we raised a lot of money for the Akron Children's Hospital. So That's all that matters. Well, then uh, about a month later, I'm down in Strasburg, Ohio, and I have to go one-on-one with WWE Hall of Famer, Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. Personal hero of yours. I, I love the rock and roll. A midnight guy, first and foremost, which I told him in the ring, and he did not appreciate. You should, did you uh, tell him about the, the debate and then the the, the switch you did, had on Jeff Hughes that one episode? Uh, I didn't tell him about that. I should have, though. That should've. We converted. We made a fan out of him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, I did not. And actually, Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics was there as well, who was another tag team that... Legendary. Um, Any relation to Madman? Feud? No, not as far <laughs> as I know. Yeah, but those Fultons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they um, had a great feud with the Rock and Roll Express. Or excuse me, the Midnight Express. But uh, old Ricky Morton taught me a thing or two in the ring that night. I bet. Um, no, I really did. Is he comes to me? He's like, brother, I like to call it all out there in the ring. And and now a lot of guys would be like. <laughs> but you know, for me, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we knew the finish of our match, and that was it. And we went out there and just played off the crowd and just let it, you know. And he's calling for it. And, and, and me personally, I wanted to do a little more because I was really enjoying the moment, you know. Like, I I, I, I'm either crowd is hot and I'm in there with a legend. And so we go to the finish, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe we get a little more. And then I hear the one, two, three, and I hear the crowd just erupt. I'm like, oh, no, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's yeah. had he's had a couple more matches than me. I, know, uh, <laughs> I don't doubt you wanted to stretch that out. That's a dream for you. That's sure, a absolutely. That's I'm a dream opponent. Legitimate Hall of Famer, one of the, you know, the most would say the better half of one of the best tag teams of all time. Yeah. That's Ricky Morton, man. There's, there's there's so much you can learn. And I got 17 years in and, and the thousand matches, I'm sure. Uh, but I learned so much in that six minutes in the ring with him. Like, it's amazing it. that what you can learn. So I believe it, sir. Um, and that was actually a benefit for uh, autism. Um, the Northeast Ohio Autism Group. We mm. were able to donate a lot of money for, for that great organization. My, my youngest brother, Brad, who is autistic, he was there. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Morton awarded him a title belt. Oh, which wow. Which was really, really cool. Yeah. Nice. And uh, really, really good show, man. Cool. A lot of fun personally for me, and I was proud to be a part of that, proud to be in the main event and, and, and help raise some money. So. No, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But uh, but that's what I've been doing, and that's why we've been busy. But we're yeah. here now. Yeah, I've just been working and trying to get 
shit together, really. That's Anybody aren't, that we, aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? Getting shit together is overrated. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad we found a couple hours tonight. Me too, sir. Let's sit down. Let's talk some Wilbur stories. What do For you say? Sure. We're, I mean, I'm I'm down. The question is, where do we start? Uh, well, you know, I, did, I actually went back and listened to the first one, so we didn't, you know, re- re- repeat ourselves too yeah. much. But we'll start back at the beginning, man. Like, I I know um, I was talking with uh, Tom Dunn, uh, Mr. D. Uh, he's a longtime referee. He's a manager for me at Mid-Ohio Wrestling. We was talking about how different indie wrestling was when I broke in, which was 2002. Um, and then we talked about, like, you know, training. And uh, it was versus the back of a pool hall. And then we moved to this abandoned library. Oh, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. And I've gone to other people's schools and things like that. And I've helped train and Everybody does different things, and, and you can, you know, you like a lot of stuff that other people do, you dislike, what have you. But we used to do some unique stuff when we trained, man. Like, and there's stuff that I stuck, sticks with me to this day. Like, our cardio was absolutely great in yeah. training. And my, I was lucky enough to be 18 years old, fresh out of high school, still in pretty good shape training. And you would see guys coming in that are 30 years old that are just trying to live their dream now. Yeah. But didn't come in in good shape. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't want to tell anybody, hey, this isn't for you. But at the same time, you know, we they'd come in and we do some drills that would just. It, now, me being in my mid-30s just blows me up thinking about it. Like, I, I couldn't do the stuff now that we did then. I believe that. But we would do, you know, like 150 squats in the ring. We would do a drill where we would um, line up everybody we'd have in the class. And usually it would range from, let's say, six to ten guys. Mm-hmm. And we'd have one guy start in the center, and everybody would line up on the steps. First guy would get in the ring. He'd shoot past you on the ropes, hit you with a shoulder tackle. Boom, take the bump. Mm-hmm. Step over, feed back up. Boom, take another shoulder tackle. Do it one more time. So three shoulder tackles, the guy would pin you. One, two, big strong kick out. Now you're in the middle. You got to do that with every single guy in the class. So you're going to take, you know, 30 bumps. You're going get, to get up you know, 30 times, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And before you could finally get a break where then you would hit the guy. But then everybody's running the ropes, you know, each time. And everybody's taking those three bumps, getting up three times for everybody in the class. And even running the ropes is no real joke. Running the ropes is no joke at all. But what it did was it was great cardio. And it also really helped you with your footwork. And it's one of those things that I think we take for granted. And I know from wrestling for a long time, I could tell if someone knows what they're doing or if they can't by just watching their feet. Just watching their feet. If you see guys that kind of have happy feet, or in, they really lot. don't know what they're doing. Your feet. If you watch anybody who's a real pro out there, the feet are always planted. They're always circling the right way. And it's stuff like that where we did that so many times with so much repetition. You would know where to get your feet. You would know where what position to be in at all times. Yeah. And um, it's a drill that if I were ever to, to train a class, I would implement that drill going forward. I think it's a great drill. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I never thought about that. No, it was, I, I like that drill a lot. Uh, and you know, we would always go over certain spots, like you know, the, your basics, your headlock, shoot them off, shoulder tackle, step over, hip toss, arm drag, body slam, feet to the floor. You know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You, but the thing is, is that you see that and it seems so routine to guys who know what they're doing. It's not. It's a lot of things for two people to get in rhythm on. And if you, uh, you know, equivalent is dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah, two yeah. people. Two people have to be on the same level. Even if you're the greatest dancer in the world, you hit the dance floor with somebody who doesn't know how to dance. It's yeah. not going to look good. Dancing with the stars, man. You, it, yeah, dancing with the stars. <laughs> They're teaching them. It doesn't yeah. look good because it has to be your, you know, two people working together. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was something I kind of wanted to share, some of those training stories. Uh, and, and it's fun to talk with guys in the back that, you know, have different sort of training stories and different venues, like different, you know, nowadays, like if you ever see like the WWE and the, the performance center, like that's so state of the art. Oh yeah. That's insane. Oh, and no. there's, and there's some reputable schools that have really good, you know, training centers like that. Uh, not where I came up. No, <laughs> we were, we were in an abandoned library. It's not where most of the legends came up. No, either. no, it wasn't. But, uh, and that actually led me to want to talk about my trainer a little bit, Shasta. Uh, I had gotten in touch with him oh, about a month ago or so, and he had mentioned that he listened to our pod and listened yeah. to the Wilbur Whitlock story. And I haven't talked to him for a few years. Um, luckily, I had to think back. I'm like, I didn't say anything bad about him, did I? Which I did not. I did do a Shasta impression, which he verified that I did I do. I remember that now. Yeah. Well, yeah. we all have one. Uh, Shane Sensation, he has a great one. I have a pretty good one, too, but... Yeah, it's hard to talk about Shasta without doing the Shasta impression, which uh, Shasta was my trainer, uh, Kevin Ballou, and he was uh, yeah, well over 300 pounds, uh, probably about six foot two, three, 
big guy from Georgia with a big southern drawl. Okay. And and this guy has charisma and spades. Like when he walks into a room, you want to fucking talk to him. That's just Shasta as a whole. Um but you know, like what's cool is is I learned, you know, he's our trainer, so he's teaching us everything. But I learned so much from him going over to his house and eating pizza and smoking dope and watching a wrestling pay-per-view, <laughs> but you learn so much. And like, and I would bring like ring of honor DVDs over. This is, you know, three or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So ring of honor starting to get big. You know, Samoa Joe's getting big. Yeah, Punk's like getting big. You know and love now Daniel Bryan's now. getting big. AJ Styles is getting big. Yeah. So I'd bring these DVDs over and he would, you know, sit there and just be watching them stoned. <laughs> And, but then and say like why something was awesome and but why it doesn't work for us but it works for them but it won't work for the for the fed but why it works here and that's why these guys do it and if we were to do something like that you'd have to do a little less of this and a little more of this and he would wow i don't even know if he knew like was going out of his way to instruct me he just no, knew exactly what he was he just, talking he about just got it he just got it yeah, and on different levels and I never got it until eight nine years in. You know what I mean, like. Dude, I don't. I don't think. I still don't quite get it. Well, as a worker, you <laughs> can't get. Yeah, yeah, as a worker, you can't get it until you just. You know, you. There's there's an aha moment, like yeah. while you're out there and you've had so many matches and you've performed in so many crowds. And at that point, he had, and I certainly had it. I was, you know, this, I'm talking like maybe my first year in the business. Yeah. Um, but he would pick it up. You know, he would just see all the little nuances and see why you know and he could call shit from a mile away like um we were watching no way out 2003 yeah because that was before wrestlemania 19 and it was rock and hogan in the rematch because they wrestled at 18 in 2002 the rematch was in montreal and it was rock and hogan and the match sucked but Shasta calls it out right away. He's like, that referee's a goddamn worker. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Look at the pops on that referee. Ain't no goddamn referee going to have arms like that and not be a worker. Yeah. And the referee ended up being a screwjob referee. Ended up being Sylvain Grenier, who is La Resistance, if you remember that tag team. I, I don't. He didn't have a long run, but he was a French-Canadian worker. And, um, yeah, he ended up being a crooked referee. And ah. he's like, so what I fucking tell you? Wow. Act like, I, act like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, There's that impression. Yeah, and he's and he's gonna. I do it justice. I do a good. You probably did impression. it better this time than last time because you knew you probably prepared a little bit before. Uh, I, I was prepared to do a Shasta impression. I wasn't prepared exactly what no. I was going to talk about and say. Okay. Uh, now the Shasta rants sometimes would be fucking great because you know. We're all his students, and we're all, you know, most of us, I'm pretty sure, are a little bit younger than he was. And we're all like, we don't really think we know shit about the wrestling business. And we're talking, and, like, and he would just say, Y'all don't know fucking nothing about nothing. Y'all got what? What do you got? Six months? You got one year? And y'all sitting there talking about your grizzled fucking veterans. Like, you know what the fuck you're talking about? Y'all don't know shit. Jeez. Bunch of fucking Mizarks. He's a character. Um, you now, Shasta is a character. That's He's the thing. Like, his, his character, Shasta, as a wrestler, was as over or more over than anybody else that we had at MCW and, and it wasn't really that much of a character. He was just Shasta was just fucking Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. It was. He was a fucking entertainer, man. It's like if there was a Southern letter Kenny, he would be a character. There was oh hundred percent. A hundred percent he should, well even not even just letter Kenny, he should be a character on any show. Mm. Like I would watch it. <laughs> Again, uh, I'm telling you, like he has a charisma about him that like he walks in the room, you just well, you want to fucking hang out with him and talk to him. Like, like a professional wrestler like a professional wrestler yeah. should yeah absolutely yeah. okay uh, but uh yeah man i figured we could talk about some of the guys i came up with because i got cool stories about everybody uh what, no. who, what do i got wrote tell down? the way sir you got shasta you got that in there justin diaz was the justin name. diaz okay all right justin diaz justin diaz is a uh very you know successful father of three great family man named Ryan that played the the homosexual character and played it incredibly well Justin Diaz uh, uh-huh. okay. and this is now this is back 2001 2002 you know things are way less politically correct back then so he played up the uh, stereotypical gay character and played it and he did a great great job with it uh, that was like my first Real feud. I remember on my first, our first Wilbur uh, podcast, mentioned wrestling at BB um, McLean's, which is now the Diamond Royale, and we yeah. did we wrestled there every other Wednesday, and that was my first series of matches. And what Shasta would do, like a guy like Diaz was around probably about two years or so at that point, 
Shasta didn't want me wrestling other students all the time. Like, wanted to wrestle guys that knew what they were doing, and that that's what makes you better. Because I was coming in 18 years old, full of piss and vinegar, seeing some really cool spots I saw in Ring of Honor and being yeah, like, yeah. let's do this and this and this and this and this. And Diaz would be like, well, we can do that and that, but we got to space them out. Mm-hmm. And this is what, and, you know, made me better. So I was doing the real, real stupid hillbilly gimmick, and he was doing the uh, over-the-top flamboyant gay gimmick, which... Just as oil and water, and it, it made for good shit. We do for shit. Sure. He'd do shit where he'd slap my ass, and I chase him around the ring, and then he'd just pull, you know, stop short and bend over, and ooh, you know. Yeah, yeah, classic like gold dust on like everyone. Every yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean it's just simple shit that's entertaining, no, and it's um, good. It's good. It culminated in a bra and panties match. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, I think we had between the, you we, and him. Yes, it was one of those things. I think oh, we had a wow. match at BB's in the winter. Got to pick the stipulation for the next week. Where's this YouTube footage? Oh, God, if somebody has that out there. Please put it out. He would have had to have it on a big video camera back in 2000. Well, they had handhelds and stuff back then. But even still, it would be on at least like a mini tape or something. Yeah, like a mini DV. Yeah. So uh, we had a bra and panties match. And uh, we, we were at BB's, and I go out to cut a promo, and... You know, Shasta's the one he's booking it and he tells me what to do. So I go I go out there and I see you know, like Shasta, I can't I can't do a bra and panties match. I, I asked my mom, I asked my sisters, I asked my cousins, I asked my girlfriend, I asked my girlfriend cousin. I, I, nobody will let me borrow a bra. I can't do the match. This match is canceled. Shasta does commentary while we were doing the show. So he's like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> it's not, you don't have to wear a bra and panties. It's a bra and panties style match. It's the losers get the one who gets stripped down to their underwear. You ain't got to wear a fucking bra. Yeah. And then I'm and I'm playing the dumb hillbilly. So I just go, I don't understand a word you said, but all I know is, is that I got to go find a bra or I'm not getting paid tonight. <laughs> no. I, I run it. off all I sad. And now, in typical indie wrestling fashion, nothing is nothing ever goes the way we plan. Yeah. We did not have a fucking brawl as we got to the show. No. So Shane, uh, Shane, my buddy, he uh, asked his girlfriend if we can borrow her brawl for the evening, which we do. Uh, which she later, I think, threw into the fireplace. As Shane told me correctly. Um, so we're doing the match and we're wrestling. And kind of go through a spot where he accidentally takes my shirt off and I'm wearing the bra and the uh, crowd goes fucking bonkers and I'm covering up. Oh, going, so it wasn't an actual accident. It was a work accident. It was a worked accident. Gotcha. So I'm wearing the bra and I freak out and everything like that. And Diaz is laughing his ass off and I pull down his pants, hit him with a low blow, rip his pants off and start choking him with it because I don't even oh, understand shit. the match. But then they say I win the match <laughs> because I, I ripped it. You, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so won, I, I won while choking this guy in my bra. Yeah, yeah I mean, unknowingly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then another good story with Justin Diaz. This is the uh, the infamous Polish Hammer match, which anybody who uh, <laughs> was unfortunate enough to see it would know. We would wrestle. There's this group called the UWC that ran out of like Akron Barberton, and they were there was a lot of guys that weren't great up there. But I, Shasta had some sort of deal where he ran the ring to him. And we went up, set up the ring, and then we would get some ring time and kind of wrestle like our own guys up there. You know, they, okay. they ran on like Tuesday nights and shit. And the one night we just decided we weren't taking anything seriously. And and the Polish hammer is the dumbest fucking move there ever was. You ever see it? I don't. Po- Ivan Putski like originated it and then his son Scott used it and Chris Masters actually used it for a while. Oh, you just get your hands like this and you club him against a guy's chest and that's the finish. Oh, that's the finish. So it's like a hammer fist yeah. with both fists. Polish hammer. Boom. Wow. <laughs> and that's a finish for most people. So we start, you know, doing a little bit of chain wrestling. It's good stuff, good stuff and all of a sudden, boom, Polish hammer and we sell the crowd like, did you just fucking hit me with a Polish hammer? <laughs> like, yeah, I hit you with a Polish hammer. So then boom, boom, then the other guy, boom, Polish hammer and sell the shit out of it like, and we Polish hammering back and forth, back wow. and forth, back and forth. And we finally get stop. I'm the heel, so I'm like, stop. Listen, no more Polish hammers. No more. Okay, okay. Shake hands, pull them in, try to hit with the Polish hammer, ducks it, boom, kills me with the Polish hammer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The fucking Polish hammer match uh, is, a, is a thing of infamy. Wow. <laughs> You guys young buck to the Polish hammer. We we did. We did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before the young buck. Before the, yeah, before they killed the, the super, super kick, kick, we killed the Polish hammer before it was ever alive. Well, uh, and, I mean, 
the Polish hammer probably deserved to die. The super kick, not so much. I would no, think. the super kick is a legitimate finish. Uh, the Polish hammer was a legitimate finish in its day. It sh- I'm not saying it should be. It's just so silly now. Nowadays, it's so. I oh, know. it's. I mean, it is still it is like the heart punch is kind of silly. Yeah. Um, I, th- I still okay. think the I iron mean, claw the is silly. Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, silly yeah, but the Polish hammer is up there. We're just, and I don't know which one of us came up with it to be honest but i know we agreed like we should just have a whole fucking match built around polish hammers it's gonna be ridiculous i mean after a while i mean how many matches have you had you wrestled up until that oh yeah at that point i was i was probably only like you know 25 or 30 but but even at that but it wasn't they did tv tapings up there for like local tv but this was a dark match and you know there was maybe like 15 there's way more boys in the back than there was people in the crowd for this sort of show so it was just uh why the fuck not let's see how good of a match we can have built off of a polish hammer yeah yeah oh and then nowadays like the point i was because i figured it was I forgot you said it was so early in your career there, but like uh, nowadays, I could see like doing all kinds of crazy shit just for fun. Oh yeah, because you've probably done it all at this point. Like you, you is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> I'm sure there is, but we will do stuff just to pop ourselves. Yeah, or just to pop the boys. Oh, no, like you know, you absolutely do. You gotta have fun. That's why you do it. You do dumb shit to, to pop yourself. Actually, uh, this is just Wilbur stories. We'll just you know we don't have to keep a straight timeline on this sort of thing. I'm not just highlight um, it, dude. Madison Rain, you know, from uh, Impact Wrestling. I know the She's name. Ring of Honor. I she, don't know much about She trained around here. She's from the Coshocton area. She was Lexi Lane. She came up through this area. Okay, I know the name Lexi And Lane. she used to manage um, Christian Vaughn and Lonis Oaks uh, in alliance for us. And I was always feuding with them. And she, like, came to me in the back the one time. She goes, I just hate working with you. And I was like, all right, why? She's like, because you're so fucking funny. You just, like, I'm supposed to, you know, hate you, but, like, you just make me laugh the whole time. And then, like, and I would, then I would intentionally do it. Like, I got thrown to the floor and I'm laying down there selling like just overselling like oh god and she's walking by Lexi she's just looking at me like Lexi give me a chicken sandwich <laughs> and I could see her like turn it away like laughing where did that even come just, I just, just, just bullshit she's like shut up loser Lexi can I have a Capri Sun and I'm getting up like selling my back a Capri Sun yeah uh, just dumb shit like and uh, and so once I knew that I made her laugh then I'm just trying to pop her then yeah. I'm just trying to fuck with her out there which I still do like even <laughs> even as I got rolled up by Ricky Morton like cause for the one two three it's it, I'm I'm going I'm whispering like to him like Canadian destroy Canadian destroy Canadian destroy like trying to get, <laughs> so do, do it, it. Yeah. give it to me I, I, I don't know I do I like to have fun and fuck with people now I no, mean dude. now at the time I have allotted in I feel like I kind of have that right to go out there and do a little something goofy sometimes but dude if you're a professional wrestler like legitimately and you're not out there having fun. You're doing something What's wrong. What's the point? Well, why are you even there? What's the point? I That's... mean, anybody who's not a it's people who make fun of wrestling and shit wouldn't understand that at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's a performance. Like, why are you even doing this? They so, they already think it's silly. Why would you even fucking be? You know it's what I mean? a performance, and and I'll, I talk to Christian Vaughn about this all the time. There's no a better high than a real life pop. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I believe that. Like a real. Gene- like uh, organic, the people care about what you just did pop. Yep. There's nothing fucking better than that. Oh, dude, there's nothing I I love more than getting somebody to legitimately fucking like n- no control, just belly laugh. Right, that's like the best fucking. That's a real life pop. It's just like, oh my god, you fucking got him. Yeah, well, you got him with something that you provided made somebody that happy that you yeah. got a genuine yeah belly that's laugh. It's exactly the same. Yeah, it is with with you know a couple hundred people sometimes, and that's it's awesome, man. Yeah. Like you can't really explain how that would feel, except for that. It's just a natural high, like no, for you, sure. And like a lot of addicts, we chase it. Yeah. We do. Like you want it. Like you know, if you're in a position. That we can build a big match with a great story and get the crowd involved, and we can get them right where we want them to get that one reaction. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And there's but there's lots of little reactions too. We set up a match to get and this will be gonna, this this spot right here should get a really big pop. This spot right here should get you a lot of sympathy. This oh, spot right here should have them just thrilled to see me get my ass kicked. Like we design it that we hope to get them, and if you don't, you try something else, but, like, when... Damn, but, that payoff's great when it when you when do. It, when it works, exactly. Yeah, fuck, but this is all shit that took a long time to learn. I don't doubt that. When we were putting like together said, matches, you know, and, like, you can you can watch a match on Monday Night Raw and know 
The good guys are going to be on top for a little while. Then the bad guys are going to be in control for a long time. Then the good guys going to hit a big move and come back. And then somebody's winning and losing. Like that's 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 the layout to a match. But there's a reason why you do it. There's a reason why it works. And there's a little ways that you can tinker with that. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, like like I said, I heard. I think it was. I don't know if they were both on it or if it was just Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens. One of them said this, and it might have been Jericho's podcast. I think I have heard them both on Jericho. And I've brought before. it up on the podcast before, so you probably remember me saying this. But they said one time that they learned at one point. I think I don't know where it was. Somewhere on the indie scene that a great wrestling match is just a series of moments. A yeah. series of really well-planned-out, thought-out, great moments. Yeah. And I still don't quite understand what they mean. A moment. But I, I get yeah. it somehow. When most, especially younger, you think that moments equals moves. Moments yeah. equals moves. So you need to hit me with a really big move to get the crowd back into it. And sometimes no. that's true. I think it's more like... But is, like, it's a moment. Like scenes in a movie. Like yeah. part of this story is playing out here. Yeah. And they do it maybe sometimes through moves, but sometimes it's a hybrid of both storyline and move. It's just, it's beautifully done. I guess I do understand it. Very, a little it. more than you even thought in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this, I mean, this is stuff that I'm just thrilled to have learned along the way and I'm hoping to pass it on as I, you know, advance in my career and eventually wind down. I'm hoping that I can... Give some of that knowledge, pass some of that knowledge along. Yeah, go through and watch a match and tell them this is where you had them or this is where you lost them and this is why. I think that's important shit. I'm no, happy for to sure. be in a position where I'm able to do so. I don't. I learned that. that with the next guy on our list, man, Jebediah. Jebediah. I was, I was when I saw this name, I was like, don't know that name, like it. Jeb- Jebediah it. started as Jebediah Yoder. He came out to Amish Paradise. And was, I knew it, had and to it be was, and like he that. was a baby face, and he was a he was a great baby face. Never spoke one word. Didn't yeah. have to. Came out was just the was the Amish warrior Jebediah, and Jeb was a Jeb was a big guy. Jeb was probably like six two six three, probably like two forty two fifty, like solid, like big big solid guy. Yeah, and a great wrestler, man. Just fucking great wrestler. He's one of those guys that's kind of weird too, because he's incredibly witty and like has a real real dry sense of humor. Mm. That like he's like one of the funniest guys that you know, but it would never come across in the ring. You know, he didn't really he didn't have a big personality in that sense. Um, gotcha. But Jebediah is actually the guy that I was wrestling with when I really had that aha moment when we talked about earlier. Like, I fucking get it. Because this was later on. This was in, like, 2010, 11. Um, Jebediah is, is a heel, and he's a great heel. And I'm wrestling with him. We had a series of matches. As, and I'm the babyface, of course. And Jeb is, you know, hit me with this, like, a body slam. And I am start thinking, like, you know, like, I'm selling. It's time to get back up. And I hear Jeb is just like, stay down. And and Jeb is just going, all he could say was Jebediah. He would just go, Jebediah. And the crowd, every single person in the crowd would boo the shit out of him. Yeah. And I'm laying there on the mat thinking, why get up? Why, you know what I mean? Why go to the next thing? Is he, if he All he has to do is hit a body slam and say his name and everybody in the crowd is reacting. Yeah. Why get up? You're Why right. go to the next thing? You're right. You dude. know what I mean? Wait till he's ready to go to the next thing. Like that, that was like an aha moment. Like, this is wrestling. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> one body slam, one saying your name, and me selling can take one minute of a match and have everybody invested. That's fucking wrestling. You're right. This is a weird analogy for it, but like the way, like, um, like you played like games like Theme Hospital or Theme Park. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like I love that. Theme Park. Like everything's going smooth. You got way more money than you need. Why upgrade right now? Yeah, let it ride. It's essentially the same thing. Let yeah, it ride. just let it ride. I mean, did let... you get a Tinder match? I did get. Look a at Tinder you go. Match. You act like I don't know what that ding is. I I did. That's why I was like, wait a minute. And now I think about it. Let's let's pause right here. I All right. All right. So we're going to jump back in. Buffalo My chicken bad. dip is looking good. It is. Jebediah. All right. It's smelling good. We'll get hit there soon. Well, Jebediah and I, uh, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I really learned, really, you know, just how to get those little nuances in wrestling. And then Jebediah and I actually had a um, one of my, I mean, top five without thinking about it. Probably top one or two matches I've ever had in my life. We had the uh, anniversary show, 10-year anniversary show for MCW uh, at our building in Alliance, the old Stephen Barry's that I mentioned before. Gotcha. Packed this place. We had Nigel McGuinness was on the show. He's the only real big name, um, but we packed the place and we built up our feud to a Singapore Kane match, which you know usually aren't, isn't the best. We like you know gimmick match that you can see. We we did four kendo sticks, uh, hung them from each turnbuckle. 
Okay. Every turnbuckle had one. Okay. So almost all your on a pole matches usually aren't that great. Yeah. I would honest to God put this as like the best on a pole or best kendo stick match there ever was I've ever seen. Wow. Incredible shit. We were beating the shit out of each other, but making it make sense. We did a spot that I called the root spot where his manager held my arms through the ropes <laughs> and he just whipped the shit out of my back with that cane. Wow. And I told him, I said, go like, yeah, you know, the first two or three go slow one, two, three, a little more than maybe like five in a row. And he got to like number two and I was like crying. I'm like, oh God, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, dude. He got them all out. About 10, 10 whips of that kind of stick right across the back. Do they do they feel as painful as they look? Because I know yep. all those sticks make a lot of noise. And, and they don't and they don't get better. You, no. you don't get used to it. So they, it's they just, they just, just hurt as worse. bad as it yeah. sounds. Unless... It's horrible. It actually hurts way worse on your back than it does on your head. You'd be it's, better off getting hit between the it eyes. It hurts. It's just not that harmful really. no it's not harmful you're gonna welt like yeah. crazy yeah, but, but you're not, not gonna, gonna break, break a rib or anything, or anything like that anything, right yeah. that's why people could take it well right over there walt you got some itches you whip with a singapore cane no i don't think so pal <laughs> uh <laughs> so we did that spot we did a a bit where um you know this was a wrestler gq status he he always his his thing was like take any spot and just do double so he was just like he's looking he's going with the match he's like what if you grab Two Singapore canes at once, and we're like, "All right, we can do that." So we did a bit, yeah, where I had two at once. What is that? Like twelve sticks? Yeah, pretty much combined. Yeah, (laughs) you know. So whipping them with two, we do a spot, and Jeff and uh, Josh were both there. Jeff missed this, and Josh saw it, and Jeff didn't catch it last time. I, you know, when I'm a babyface, I would usually do a uh, suicide dive through the ropes. Okay. I did it with the cane. Oh. I hit the ropes, dove through with the cane, and like clotheslined him. And Josh was like, "Jeff, Jeff, he's going to dive with the cane," and he's hitting him, and Jeff missed it like somehow. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, Jeff? Yeah. But then the finish of the match was just clap. I mean, one of those things. Sometimes simpler is better. Um, Jebediah held me for the cane shot from the manager. I move out of the way. The manager, bam, blast Jeb. The manager, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. This guy had Doctor Dale Pierce. Rest in peace. He uh, actually passed away from cancer last year. Um, okay. Great, great, great guy, man. He, he was a character and a half. But this guy had heat for days. The crowd hated Dr. Dale. Yeah. So he hits Jeb. No, no, oh, no. He's wearing this, like, cabbie hat that was legitimately dusty as all hell. So I <laughs> waffle him right on top of that cap with a can. Dust Boom, flies. dust flies everywhere. Oh, the crowd goes perfect. nuts. Jeb swings with the cane one more time. I duck, hit him with the cane right between the eyes, turn around, cutter. And I didn't ever heard a pop like that before, man. One, two, three. <sighs> Incredible, just yes. incredible. And Jeb was never a guy who get like you know any sort of like real emotion after the match and shake your hand and be like, all right, good job. Give me a big ass hug. We knew we killed it that night. Uh, I had a DVD of it. If uh, but I'd uh, like to see that match. I got a somebody out there has it. Dude, somebody because we issued out a lot of copies of those DVDs and don't blame me for being irresponsible and losing mine. If, if you got it, either post it and send me a link or send me a copy. I'll post MCW it. MCW 10-year anniversary show, Jebediah versus Wilbur Whitlock. Either one of those scenarios I'm down for. Hell yeah, man. Um, let's talk about Shane. All right, Shane Sensation. I Shane, like the name. Shane Sensation. He hails from the right hand of God. Oh, God's wow. creation. Shane Sensation. Station, God's Creation. Is that his God's name? Creation. Shane Sensation. Bravo, right? sir. If you're watching, he bravo. Was, he was the last guy to kind of graduate the training school before I got there. And I always thought he was basically my age because he looked like a kid. He's actually a few years older, and he he's going to hate that I mentioned that. Um, he's blessed. What is he talking about? Well, there you go. He was a team with Chris Cole, who I, I should have wrote down. Chris Cole is still one of my – these two guys are both two of my best friends today from wrestling. Neither of them wrestle anymore. But they were a tag team. Um, they always wrestled at B.B. McLean's, and they were – just young shitheads was basically their characters, and they were so fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah, they really, really were. Um, but Shane has the looks, man, of like a rock star or a wrestler. And, you know what I mean? He has like everything. He has the it factor that yeah. that just you know that none that seriously nobody else I came up with has. Like Shane, you look at him, you go, that guy's a fucking star or something. Is his last name Altimore? Yep, sure as shit. I see him pop up on Facebook all the time. He must be because yeah. you're, you're a yeah. friend. He definitely looks yep. like he's he in a look, band. He looks like he's somebody. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is exactly what you want as a pro wrestler. You want to look like you're somebody. Okay. I don't, man. So that's who that guy is. I look like see. a dude. I'm a dad. Like that's who I am. That's what I look like. Now I can go out there and I can put boots on and go out there and put a mean face on and wrestle and fucking and you'll probably believe it because I'm pretty good at it. 
but Shane looks like a fucking superstar. I mean, he always did. No, he does look. He looks like a pro wrestler now that I now that I know he's a pro. Wrestler. And I think he was hurt for a little while, like before, like right when I made my debut. He wrestled AJ Styles at the Civic Center in 2002. No fucking way, dude. He is my favorite wrestler. Yeah, he's my favorite wrestler. And right he was, now. and he had maybe six months of wrestling under his belt at that point. He wow. was nervous as all hell. Fuck, dude, I could have done that. But I could have done that shit. He had a great match, though, man. I had a great match. Took a Styles well, clash on the middle rope. But yeah, like, yeah. Only six months under his belt. I, I, like at that time. Well, no, I would have been too young. But, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying. They had a match with AJ Styles at the Civic Center, and that was AJ just kind of starting in like TNA. That's you know. Yeah. But still, it's kind of funny that yeah, one of my best friends wrestled. You know, maybe the best wrestler on the no, planet. That's, that's super pretty cool. pretty cool story. Um, but I think so. I had debuted in February of '03, and I think he was hurt, like around that time. Because our paths finally crossed a little later in '03, and I knew that Shasta said he wouldn't have like a feud, and like even like the guys that we trained with looked that way, like oh, that's gonna be good. Yeah. That's because Shane was fucking nuts. Shane would do any sort of high spot. He did tons of tables, ladders, and chairs matches with him and Cole versus uh, Shasta and Brain Damage, where he All took right. a uh, Rikishi driver, you know, uh, which Shasta called the Shasta driver, off of a ladder that was inside the ring, threw two tables on the floor. Fuck. Yeah, no, fuck is right. Yeah, that's taking a bump. That's yeah, I'm mad. He might have made forty dollars that, night. <laughs> really? and that would have been a lot more than we all, everybody else made. That's but Jeff Hardy shit, right? There. It really was, and Shane wasn't afraid of shit. Uh, I know he probably regrets some of it today. I don't doubt that for forty bucks. Yeah, I would too. But I mean, he wasn't afraid of anything. He would always. I mean, it was his signature spot where he would just do a uh, somersault planche off the top rope to the floor every time we wrestled. I took that move every single time, and the one time he overshot me and kind of just barely grazed me, with it, and I know his elbow actually crashed into the hard floor oh, and swelled up like a like half of a softball sticking out. Dude, I just hit my knee on my chair for a second and, earlier. Yeah, you were there yeah, and that yeah, and, and we took a half a bottle. <laughs> ibuprofen and we're still yeah yeah man <laughs> um but shane and i uh you know and this this is something i take a lot of pride in that anytime i say anytime shane has had like one or two comeback matches and they're always against me like he'll say like we did a match for uh j fest um it was a, the younger brother of jeff and mike meekins who are wrestlers uh passed away he was like 21 or 22 he's really really young Shit, had a brain aneurysm like no just, way yeah and uh fuck that young yeah so they put it on a tribute show every year for him. They really wanted Shane because uh, their brother loved Shane. It was, it was like his favorite. So really wanted Shane to wrestle. Shane was long retired. He's like, I'll, if I have a match, it's got to be against Jared. And even to this day, Shane is now, he's a hell of a barber uh, at LaBelle's Barbershop, uh, up, uh, I believe in Cuyahoga Falls. Okay. Great, great barber. So anybody up north need a fresh cut, go see Shane. Um, the, his, the buddies up there are huge wrestling fans. And like we're trying to talk him into one more match, and he even told me he's like, I don't want to do it, but if I do it, it's gonna be against you. Yeah. And uh, Shane and I always always had great matches. We we knew it too, even then we were young. We're like we beat the shit out of each other in a really safe way. Like, huh. <laughs> like you know, like his kicks would come in kind of stiff, and my forearms would just get a little stiffer, and we would just like uh, you know. Like some of them are their brothers, you know what I mean? Like you're you're like fighting even though you don't you're fighting. Yeah. And we just start laying them in on each other, but we knew we'd get out of there and give each other a big hug and you know and, and be sure. good with it. Yeah. Um so Shane's absolutely absolutely one of my favorite opponents and also some of my favorite matches, man. Like Cool. I didn't always know he throw was, the house down with him. I didn't know any of that about that dude that I randomly see on, no. on Facebook all the time. No, he kinda uh, kinda hides his wrestling career past, but he has a great one. He's he's had some big time matches. Uh they wrestled the Dudley Boys at the Civic Center. Him and Chris Cole. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So they've wow, they've had some really really good stuff. Oh, he interacted with Mick Foley. This is a good Shane story. This isn't my story. Uh, Shane hit. A, Mick Foley was doing like commentary for a match with him and Cole versus uh, Chasta and Brain Damage. And Cole, where at? What this was this? the Civic Center. Canton Civic Center. Okay, but like, what 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 show was this? Just like a. Um, we did like two shows a year at the Civic Center, okay. usually like April and September. All right, all right. And Mick Foley was on this show. And he was doing commentary, and he's calling spots from the outside. And he told Shane to hit a uh, double arm DDT, and Foley's on the mic. You stole my move, you little bastard! And at that point, Foley was feuding with Ric Flair, so Shane starts doing the Flair strut, the Flair strut, oh, and shit. then he, and then he got down to the floor, and Foley got up and popped him. <laughs> he took a big old bump. Yeah, that's good. Did they plan that? that nope, nope. Foley, call, so Foley called all that wow, from the that- floor. Kudos to Mick Foley. That, oh, that shows a, how cool Mick Foley yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted to interact. He was having fun with it. That is awesome. Yeah, but that, and, and Shane was so good that he could pull that shit off. Shane, uh, Shane was one of those guys that 
you could you could come up with like you know five moves, and a minute later he didn't remember any of them, <laughs> and then you'd be like, God damn it, Shay. <laughs> He's. I'm, just, I'm ADD. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what are we doing? What are, what wait. Wait. What are we what doing? What's with that name, Shane? That immediately makes me think of Shane Branding. I, huh? they're, they're nothing alike. <laughs> I was the huh? It was a little like. Other than that, they're nothing alike. Um, <laughs> no, I would. Probably, I would agree with that. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I would have to calm him down. I'd be like, buddy. Like, all right. Once we get out there, I got it. Just <laughs> listen to me. And we would. We'd have. We just have insanely great matches, man. I like it. I like it. Um, All right, well, like, okay, we went, that's Shane's sensation then, I guess. Uh, that's, yeah. Well, it's funny, I could elaborate for days on all these guys, but we want to try to keep it, you know, in that hour-ish range and everything yeah. today, okay, so. Yeah, we're, we're going on 50 minutes now. Hell yeah. You know, minus a little bit for some buffalo dip and some tinder. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> next up on the list is uh, Christian Vaughn. Well, Christian Vaughn, man, I, that's when I... That, this that is would another be a, name I see pop up. That would be like a three-parter, just talking about all the shit we went through. He started about a year after I did, and I think I think he's about a year and a half, two years younger than me. He started as a kid, just basically like I did, mm. and we got paired up immediately right away too. Vaughn was a, Vaughn is still a guy that really took his shit seriously, which we all should. He really did. Like he was nose to the grind, never drank never smoked never touched a drug straight never edge. you know straight edge and and really just nobody was going to tell him not to get in his car and go eight hours to go do a show and all this sort of stuff and vaughn will be the first one to come to me and say like you could have done more than that if you wanted to mm. but i did and i was 19 years old and i wanted to get drunk and chase girls all day <laughs> um yeah. But Vaughn and I started off uh, with a series of matches, and he was really green. And it was kind of a running joke where I could never beat him. And it was just always one of these, like, just kind of how it would be booked, where Vaughn was always over on me. Like, you know, Man, and it just happened to fall. Just kind of happened to fall that way. And then we'd, like, two years later, would be like, oh, we're going to run a series with you and Vaughn. And it'd be the same thing. Like, we'd be like, and Vaughn wasn't, was always the one pushing, like, well, we should get Jared to win here for this. Like, well, we'll just have you win, and then Jared can win the blow off. And then they'd get to the blow off and be like, well, we're going to have Vaughn win the blow off. And it's like, <laughs> never fucking beat you, can fucking I? Um, Vaughn, also, another one of my top five matches is the only steel cage match I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell a couple stories about this, man. We were. Um, we were going over ideas and back and forth, back and forth, and had you know we, we wanted this to be the best cage match there ever was, um, and and the, and I'll tell you this about steel cage; those things fucking hurt. Like, I don't doubt that. Well, like I don't know, I didn't think so when you watch on TV with now the big blue looked like it hurt, but the mesh steel, like the regular wire yeah. steel cage, you're like, well, it's got give. Chain link you know, it's it. not going to feel good to get thrown into it, but it's got give. Yeah. So the first time I hit the cage ever, I he throws me in. I go head first. Like, I'm not putting my hands up. Fuck, it's just a cage. Yeah. Oh, my God, it hurts so bad. And yeah. I had, like, a golf ball sticking out of the top of my head. And it's just the chain link? Just the chain link, like man. It's we, that built, was around the trampoline back in the day? It's built stiff, man, and the steel wow. cage. Yeah, I'm I guess mine you. had a lot of give. Yeah, Jeff these went don't. right over that thing. Like yeah, oh, he, like, flopped over. Like, <laughs> yeah, didn't like, the fence go down? Like, it, the fence, like, um, the half of it just bent in half, and he just, like, flipped <laughs> backwards over it. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. I got thrown over that fence down the hill a couple times. I was yeah. trying to make good matches out of Met, like Nate Metz. I, I told the story. Uh, we recreated that like a, like a few months later, like the following year or something. And I threw a rock and it hit Nate right in the fucking head. <laughs> did, and he did it broke legit? kayfabe. Yeah, it legit? He, yeah, he was pissed. He was he broke kayfabe for a second, and then we kind of just made our way back in the match. <laughs> Backyard wrestling, people. Backyard wrestling, man. Um, but but so, so we're doing the steel cage match, <laughs> and I had this idea, and I texted him while I was at work, and I said, what if I hit a pile driver on the top rope? Like how uh, El Generico was hitting a brain buster on the buckle. Yeah. So we hit a pile driver on the top rope, and he was like, ha, ha, ha. I was like, you know, I wasn't serious when I sent that, but I'm kind of serious now. I think we could do it. it, just, it and he's like, how do you think we're going to do that? I'm like, well, we got the cage back there to protect me from falling out. But we're standing on the top rope straight up, and it looks like we're going to jump to the mat, but instead, just boom, and my ass will hit the buckle, and, I'll, and you know, you'll spring back into the ring. And it looks again, bad. Josh was there that night, too, where he's like, he just pile drove him on the top fucking turnbuckle. <laughs> like, um, still a spot that I don't think I've ever seen anywhere else. Fuck, dude, that, there's yeah. another one I want to see. I don't know if that one exists anywhere, man. I really don't. He, uh, the finish was him coming off the top of the cage with a chair, with an elbow drop. And he said when he got up there, it was just like, holy shit. Like, dude, it's so high. The top of the cage. Top yeah. of the cage. It is so high. That's at least, what, 10 feet? If not far. Oh, well, we got company here. Oh, shit. Our guest is here. Our guest is here. Hi, Yashi. 
We're in the middle of episode one. Well, actually, you, you can chime in on this. You were there, the steel cage match I had with Vaughn, where I pile drove him on the top turnbuckle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still to this day don't think I've ever seen that move done before or again. No, we're the only one. That was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. There's been plenty of steel cage match. Well, they're just being pile drivers in the Fed, too, so. Yeah. But not like that. No, it was a terribly safe spot, but uh, fucking Canadian. Yeah, there's common, there's Cafe broken as a super kick anymore now. We'll we'll get into AEW later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I could I could talk for a couple episodes on Vaughn stuff. We had we did more of a rivalry later in MCW. Um, This time where he was heel and I was babyface. We actually had a match down in Georgia. He uh, his manager was uh, Minka. Good looking skinny blonde chick and I mean this chick yeah, she sounds hot. got heat everywhere. They were heat magnets. So we did a spot down in Georgia where uh, you know, I pull her into the ring and cock my fist back, you know, and the crowd goes nuts and I throw it back and then I bend her over my knee. The uh, crowd goes nuts again, do the big uh, ass spanking spot, you know, <laughs> things like that and and that always got a huge reaction. But he was top, top, top heel for a while when MCW was running and uh and again, even even then, like this is like the fourth like different time we would feud, but it was just one of the things where I couldn't beat him, and yeah. it wasn't even like like built as that was a storyline. Like just, uh, you know, you just, just got to get over that hump. Like no, I just never was booked to fucking beat him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but uh, again, so to this day, we, you have never. Beat no, him. we actually finally got one over again at a J Fest show where we finally agree where I could finally beat him, and then he came back to wrestling again this last year, and we had a bull rope match in Sebring. That was I remember hearing about one that. of the most brutal matches we ever had. We were beating the fuck out of each other. Really? And I got the win in that one. Although it was kind of tainted, the bull rope literally broke in the middle of the match like because it was a shitty fucking bull rope. It's not supposed to happen. Yeah. So he's out inside the ring. I'm outside of the ring. And like he was, and I was supposed to, that was supposed to be the, me stopping it was being outside the ring. He had touched three buckles. So I'm like trying to fight it and the rope fucking breaks. And he's like, well, you got to touch the fourth buckle now. Wow. We try to save it like, well, it has to be connected. And it, yeah, it, a bad gimmick ruined what was a good match. But, Shit. you know, you'll have that. The crowd still liked it. Yeah. You can't all be winners. Right? Can't. Well, you know, I try. That's the idea. I want them all to be winners. <laughs> it's frustrating yeah. when you have something like that happen. Like you can't factor that in the actual the whole gimmick is that you're connected to a bull rope yeah and then the rope fucking breaks off of your wrist yeah you know what do you do yeah you gotta kind of just have to go with it um well speaking of other gimmicks man did you ever do a casket match have i ever (laughs) no i don't even think they have those on the video game i have done one casket match and um it's everything you can do to try to make that casket work. Yeah. You know, yeah, I had a match with Flying Ryan Burke, who's a very, 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 very good wrestler. And, uh, you yeah, know, the casket was kind of set off, like, towards the entrance, so it's far away from the ring. So it's like, by the time we get out there, it doesn't make any sense for us to go back to the ring. So but I we set up, like, probably five minutes worth of cool spots interacting with the casket. Yeah. You know, like me, like, hitting a cutter from the floor, boom, on the casket. Yeah. Um, so I've only done one casket match. I've done a handful of ladders slash TLC matches, and fuck, man, ladders hurt. I don't doubt that. Fuck, ladders hurt. They just, they just do. Getting, that's, that's something we'll get into on the AW episode. Well, I know, I know. The, the uh, ladders, they're real. They're, they're real fucking ladders. You can't gimmick a ladder. You no. just can't. They're, they're. I mean, there's times where in, in WWE where. It clearly seems like the ladder was made to bend there. That being said, yeah, you can score. You can gimmick a ladder a little bit, like where they could actually give. But anytime else, if you're getting slammed on a ladder, you're just getting slammed on a ladder. Yeah, no, it's fucking hurt. And as crazy as it is, you want to get slammed on as much of the ladder as you can. You want to eat that impact with your body as much as you can. That's kind of just breaking the fall, essentially. Which I was in a ladder match with Christian Vaughn. Jebediah and Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, who we oh, interviewed shit. at the, uh, yeah. the the Autism Awareness Show the one time, and uh, I was the only babyface in that match, and that was I bled a gusher. Never bled that bad in my life. I was, really? yeah, it was, it was. I was actually scared I was going to bleed out. Did and you? At nah, one, now was this intentional? Yeah, well, yeah, I was bleeding. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point, though, I do a spot where I knocked out. I think it was just Jeb and Toby. And I laid a ladder across them, and I climbed up a ladder in the corner and did a back senton onto the ladder. And like, and I've seen a clip of it. When I hit 
boom, there's there's like you know, sweat and the ladder comes off and there's actually blood just flying off of my face. Fuck. Like and it was cool as fuck, but kind of scary. Like I you, bet. you're sitting there like thinking like how much blood you actually lost in that moment. Jesus. Yeah. That's uh, some kill kill bell shit right there. It really I mean it was. It was it was epic shit, man. But that's but that's why the blood was in place to make the big moments seem even bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know, which we'll talk about again in AEW. But yeah, uh yeah. Um, we got a couple more topics here. We'll, we'll, we'll move it along because we've got some got a special guest later on. And, we uh, do. We'll talk about the Meekins brothers? The Meekins. Josh, you want to Me- talk about Mike Kirkham? No. no. <laughs> that was a no for anybody that didn't hear. <laughs> uh, the Meekins brothers are Jeff and Mike, and these are guys that I knew when we were all kids. Mike is about my age, a couple months younger, and Jeff is even like two years younger than him. I think Jeff was wrestling when he was like 16, which is very illegal. But again, that group yeah. in, in Akron that I mentioned earlier – didn't always run by the rules, but these guys love these guys. I always have uh, again, and we were kids basically when there was other grown men, right. you know, twenty late twenties, early thirty year old men doing this, and we're kind of you know, we knew we thought we knew we were doing wrestling wise, but as far as just being in the real world, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and guys just you talk about drinking and fucking and everything like that. Like we weren't really there yet. Yeah, um, but both Jeffy and Mike. So good friends of mine to this day. I'll start with Mike because I've had more matches with him and more personal interaction with him. Uh, Mike and I were in a um, a lumberjack strap match one time at MCW. So all the rest, we bought a bunch of cheap belts, leather belts, and kind of tied them with tape so they looked like leather straps. Mm. We gave them to all the wrestlers. Out and then Shasta, never being one to uh, dodge making a dime, held a raffle, mm-hmm. and I think it was four or five fans that won the raffle got to have a strap. And be out on the floor. Oh, wow. Luckily, I was the baby face, and Herkham was the heel. And so, you know, with the boys out there, when you get thrown on the floor, the boys are kind of, you know, we're working the shots a little bit. You know, it didn't feel great, but they're they're not trying to kill us because yeah. they fucking hurt. Of course. But Herkham being the heel, when he got thrown to the floor, oh, my God, the fans were beating the shit out of him. And then, me, like, I seen him literally, like, trying to scramble back in the ring, and I grab him, and I get, you know, big eyes to the crowd, and I whip him to the other side of the ring where more fans were, and they just... And he's like, them do this. And he's like, you motherfucker. I'm like, I had to. <laughs> Did you hear the pop you got? Um, if it was the other way around, he would have done it. He would have done it, yeah. But uh, Mike and I have always had great matches. Now, the thing about them is they're... Mike, Mike Herkham, we we always say, just stop being shitty. <laughs> Mike, Mike Herkham will fucking be a worker just to be a worker. Like, you know, he'll tell you that the grass is red just to see if you believe it sometimes. You know, he's that okay. kind of guy. Gotcha. Um, but Mike and Jeff, uh, Jeff is a fucking great wrestler, and I've had less matches with him. And Jeff is a little bit like Shane in the sense, too, where if you go over 10 things with him, he won't remember any of them. He'll just be like, wait, wait, stop. Hang on. What are we doing? You know, it's like, Jeff, goddamn, okay. <laughs> then once you get out there with him and you kind of walk through it, like, he's he's awesome. Okay. He's a great wrestler. Uh, um, I actually have feuded with him and teamed with them both throughout the years. There's a couple of guys that always seem to have our paths crossing. And actually, Jeff, I'll be wrestling uh, the 28th at the uh, Suicide Awareness Show at the Stark County Fairgrounds. Gotcha. Triple threat match, me and Jeff Meekins and uh, Trip Lee, which is right. a match that I'm really looking forward to, actually. People look out for that, people. Um, Jeff and, and that actually, that threesome was the tag team when I wrestled uh, X-Pac. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jeff okay. is the one who put together that show. And he found out the hard way that running shows is not easy, man. Um, I don't doubt that. He had big aspirations, and he put on a. I mean, it was a good show, wrestling wise, by all means. But you know, I don't. I don't want to know the business side of wrestling. It's a scary side. I like being creative with stuff, and of course, I like performing. Yeah. Start talking business and sponsors and where money it has to allocate and everything like that, man. It's not. Yeah. For me, and Jeff tried it on, and you know, and it's it's overwhelming. But he he booked that show where yeah it was X Pac and another tag team against uh, Trip Jeff and I and so appreciated for Jeff for that like he wanted me to be in that opportune moment he wanted me to wrestle Gangrel but unfortunately that show got canceled so yeah. Jeff has always taken really good care of me you know and always appreciates you know the matches we've had together so mm. nice we got we got to get through one more guy one more guy's last but not least not least and if I said he's least he'd throw a fit I'll promise you that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My buddy Patrick Hayes. We got to talk about Hayes for a bit, man. Um, Hayes is my 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 current wrestler wife, and I'm his wrestler wife. We were married on the road, and everybody knows that we. Uh... <sighs> Fucking Hayes. I still I don't even know. I'm sitting here right now talking to you, and I don't even know if I like him. Really? No, we love each other, but I don't know if I like him, and I don't know if he likes me all that much. How many times did he kick me out of his house at the Royal Rumble last year, Josh? 
No, last year I stayed awake. The year before I did it. Uh, you, you were in a couple of them. <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. So, so he's like a brother or something. Uh, yeah, well, as my brother's sitting here right now, I tell you, I get along with my brother a lot better than I get along with Hayes. Gotcha. So he, but he, like, he's, yeah, he's my asshole brother, I gotcha. guess. So you could say that, there yeah. But that being said, he, he probably is my absolute best friend in wrestling. Like, we get our kids together to hang out and stuff like that. Like, we all went to go see fucking Toy Story 4 at the drive-in movie. Like, when it all comes to, like, real life, like, we really do love each other. But then, like, when it comes to wrestling stuff or even um, me not being able to go and hang out at the bar after a show or something, it's, fuck you, motherfucker, piece yeah. of shit, fucking asshole, you know, that sort of thing. Gotcha. That being said... Also, easily one of the best guys I've ever been in the ring with. Yeah. Dude's incredible. He's he's really, really, really good. No, I've I've had the opportunity we, to see him see wrestle us, you. We see us, see us live, and his chops are real. <laughs> his oh, chops are the real fucking deal. Uh, but we actually developed this rapport. It was a, a, a match at Mid Ohio, and I might have talked about this in the first pod. But uh, you know, I had been out of wrestling for a little while and wasn't really sure if I was, you know, how good I was going to be able to continue. My opportunity to wrestle him for the Tri County Championship, which is like their Intercontinental, okay. but we were on the main event, and he's like, you know, is coming up with the match, and he's like, "This is your night, man. This is your this is your moment. Let's get you some good stuff." So I'm, we came up with a couple cool things. I'm like, "All right, and right here, how about the finish?" He's like, no, 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 no. We got to get more. We got to make this bigger. We got to make this bigger. So Hayes just kept building on, building on. And it was getting bigger, and I'm thinking myself, I'm like, "Man, this is too much. I'm gonna lose the crowd." I might blow up, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But it was, but we had a really, really, really great sequence of shit. And it was mostly him all put together. And by the time we were done again, probably like one of the biggest pops I ever got in my entire life. Like it was just built to this perfect fucking match uh, that was not recorded that nobody's seen. And we've but, wrestled a couple of times since then, tried to duplicate it. We've had good matches, nothing like that. Shit. Um, but every time I'm in there with Hayes, man, it's, always a blast it's always physical now especially we talked about this before where if you're wrestling your buddies you know man like it, it's all right to beat the shit out of each other a little bit like we just yeah. go out there beat the shit out of each other because we're definitely going to go get a beer you're both fully aware you know you know in the end it's gonna be <laughs> exactly okay. and it was all to better the match it, it is to better the match and we don't have any hesitation at all to lay it in with each other you know and yeah. those those can lead to you some guys really know each other's matches. limits and shit well i don't know about that i don't think yeah. he i don't think he cares you guys think you know each other <laughs> possibly <laughs> um but yeah i mean I, I could probably have a multi-episode just on stuff with hayes and just some hayes stories which i you know i don't i'm not going to share necessarily here for yeah. free i figure if we have a patreon account or something like that i yeah. might share some after the match stories that I've had with old Patrick Hayes, we've uh, we've rock and rolled down the road a few times. Not some Patreon content or something yeah. for the future. Yeah, man. Fuck. But uh, I don't know. I thought we'd have some fun, tell a couple of stories, talk about some some great guys in wrestling. And, no, it uh, was it was fun. It was a good well over an hour. And we got we got so much more we can talk about. And I'm gonna keep doing this, so we'll have plenty more to talk about in the future for too. Sure. Maybe maybe one day we'll have some of these guys on and get a. They get would love to. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll close it out. By saying, you know, what we got coming up, I mentioned that the Wrestling with Suicide show on the 28th with Jeff and uh, Tripoli, that's at the Stark County Fairgrounds. Okay. All uh, proceeds go to Suicide Awareness. Um, but before that, I'm actually wrestling next Saturday in Maslin, the 21st, teaming with my partner, Seth Allen. And Seth Allen's a guy that um, had a few matches with him, always great matches. Seth is a guy that just looks the part of a wrestler, man. Like, he, yeah. and he's had some WWE tryouts and everything. Oh, okay. And we've known each other for a really long time, and kind of one of these things where we're at the point in our careers where we just want to have fun and so we think let's team up and right now our tag gimmick is which i really really like with with social media and everything now like you know if you're following a wrestling promotion on facebook you're not stupid you know that there's more independent promotions than just the one in maslin yeah you know what yeah, i mean definitely so the promotions there's lots of other talent so we have the tag titles for mid-ohio wrestling and our thing is now it's like bring us the top tag team from this group in akron bring us the best tag team from these guys in pittsburgh bring us the best tag team from cleveland bring them all in like and we're making these titles seem like you know we really believe in these fucking titles and we believe we're the best come down and take them mm. and it's not even you know we're heels technically but at the same time we're like we're representing the company we're the best guys here Bring everybody else in. Try to come take it. We, we're looking forward to the scrap. Gotcha. We're going with the name Bars and Stars because <laughs> he actually served in the military, you know, and you know, I, I consider myself to, you know, be patriotic as well. 
and we like to go get drunk in the bar after the show. So Bars and Stars, I think, is uh, is the team name going forward. Sounds sounds right to me. Come out, man. Just uh, high aggression, high intensity, looking for a scrap. I think uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty fun deal. <laughs> no, I'd look sure. forward to watching a team like sounds that. Sounds entertaining. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that will be on the uh, 21st in Maslin, Ohio, at the uh, Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. 21st, people. Yeah. Holy Lutheran Church. But, Holy uh, Lutheran Church. Holy Batman. Lutheran Church, Batman. <laughs> but uh, I suppose we ought to call this one because we got to take a minute, regroup. We're going to knock out another episode. Yeah. And uh, episode 18 is going to be. Yes, a, it will be. It's yeah. going to be a fucking trip, isn't it? It is. It's going to be a trip that we might not come back from. We might not. We might, we might need Stitch and Walt to play mediators here. 18 might be the last episode. <laughs> Uh, but with that said, thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you've liked this episode and haven't seen the first one, the Wilbur Whitlock story. I believe it's I believe episode it's eight in the archives. Uh, They're about, about right. yeah, yeah. And it's uh, one of our most frequently downloaded one. And I, I really enjoyed listening to that one as well. So For sure. And if, uh, if you want to get ready for this next episode, check out the, uh, the uh, what was that? What? All In? Uh, that was the all out. All in. No, this is all out. Yeah. All out's next. All in was the honest review we did before. I'm oh saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Or that might have been double or nothing. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. That's yeah. Ridiculous. We gave an honest review on that, but this one's gonna be a little more in depth. And uh, yeah. So if you're watching this now and you want to get with us for episode 18, try to find an episode of uh, try to watch that AEW All Out. For sure. To see what we're talking about. We'll give you that heads up because this will this will drop a few days before the uh, AEW one will. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At least a good week. At least a good week, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And until next time. Yeah, bye, Internet. Gary gets up to grab a beer. Oh, yeah, you could have grabbed it. Grab at it. You could have been eating on it.